Acts chapter 3 tonight, if you'll take your Bibles and stand. Acts in chapter number 3. Acts in chapter number 3. Also uh, wanted to mention, uh, Brother Brian Wright is here tonight. Brother Brian, raise your hand there. And uh, just got back from some training, getting ready to go to Afghanistan. Is that right? Uh, uh, End of this month, is that correct? Next week. Okay, next week. So Brian and his family, Donna and the kids just joined here. Let's pray for Brother Brian. Will you do that? Thank God for him and others serving our country. Uh, certainly don't want to forget that. In fact, Brother Dan Brewer is in uh, UAE and, and coming back, um, uh, God willing, sometime here soon, Miss Tina. And he just had surgery and recovering after uh, injury. And so uh, sports-related while there, is that right? And, and uh, such. So, But I thank God that uh, men like him and others are serving our country and that gives us the liberty to be here tonight. And so I uh, meant to mention that earlier, Brother Brian, but we're sure going to be praying for you. Acts chapter 3. Let's just read the chapter here tonight. And we've already preached in the first 10 verses. So let's follow along as I read here this um, chapter, Acts chapter 3. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand, by the right hand, and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping, stood, leaping up, stood and walked and entered into the, with them into the temple, walking, I like this next part, and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, and all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom ye, notice now the boldness of Peter, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you, and killed the prince of life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I want that 
uh, through ignorance ye did it, as did also your rulers. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets, that Christ should suffer, hath he so fulfilled. Verse 19, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy, holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto your fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me, him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which shall not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that, will, that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. Ye are the children of the prophets, and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first, God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you, in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. Draw your attention back to verse 16 when Peter said, In his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong. May God bless the reading of his word as we consider this truth. Faith in Christ makes us strong. Our world puts a premium on strength, on strength. The size and speed of an athlete, as much in the minds of people as they watch week to week, as men score 42 points in a game against some guys from L.A., things like that. How about this, the size of an engine? Guys get around and talk about the size of an engine. We saw something interesting on the way to church tonight, and this was your ride in. It's fine. It just kind of struck us uh, amazing. We watched, uh, I think it was a human-powered car. There's a guy, in a, it looked like an egg going down the road or a, or a shuttle of some type. I've never seen anything like it. It had turn signals and everything, but it was just about as long as a man is. And it basically was one of those bicycles, you know, not like you're sitting up riding, but well, how you lay back and you're doing like this deal. And it was going down 10th Street. Turning on its turn signal or going through the light, I thought, my soul, somebody's about to scramble that egg. You know, I mean, it just, it was not, it just, I don't know, it just really didn't look safe at all, you know. So again, if that's your ride here, I don't mean to be offensive, but uh, I passed him pretty easy. <laughs> we put a premium on strength and power and ability. Um, and we look at certain individuals, maybe because of their physical stature. Uh, you know, that we've had some guests here recently that are just pretty tall, pretty big, and such as that. I mean, you know, you just, it's, it's pretty impressive. We get impressed with that or get impressed with uh, someone's maybe stature in society or their wealth as an individual. We might be inclined to say, man, that's a strong person. That's a strong individual. That's a, a strong um, business or a strong team or uh, Whatever it might be, we, we tend to be drawn to strength. But I know some folks, and you do too, that the world would not look at them as strong. 
But as I look at their lives and I see how they have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, then I'd have to say that there's a certain strength there that the world does not know of. Took the family this past uh, Christmas as we had a little bit of time at home. And um, there's a man at um, Grace Baptist that... Just, um, well, he's, he's meant a lot to my spiritual life. And we had a men's prayer meeting every Saturday night. And as a teenager, it was an honor to get to pray with a, a white-haired gentleman, silver-headed uh, saint um, that had walked with God for many years. It still does. Obviously, he's older now and... Uh, it's my pastor's dad, actually, Brother Bob Carson. And, uh, you know, the world, the world wouldn't look at him and say, well, there's a strong man. And their situation right now is quite a bit different. And his dear wife um, has Alzheimer's, and he's missing quite a bit of church just caring for her. So glad to have my family there as he uh, shared how he came to Christ. And I had never, I, that I remember hearing the long version of it. But it was a quite, it was quite a precious time. And I look at him now and, and she, uh, I'm not sure if she knew exactly who we were at that time or not. But I see in, in them still that faith in Christ has made them strong. Now I could tell that story about some folks here too. Um, there's another lady, if you allow me to share that. Um, there's a widow lady back home that's been a widow now for, I guess, well over um, maybe 30 years or so, 20 to 30 years. She's about that tall, somewhere right in there, real thin but extremely wiry. <laughs> She's 85, right in there. I'm telling you, though, she has, it seems like to me, just as much energy as a 13-year-old girl and just as excited about life and just uh, is there to testify. Every time we've had testimonies, she'd be one of the first ones to testify about how good God's been to her and Worked a bus route for, I don't know, ever since I was a kid, right up until their health was not to where they could. But, uh, you know, she's not physically strong. But I'm telling you, spiritually, she's a strong lady. Why is that? Because faith in Jesus Christ has made her strong. I think I could take her in arm wrestling. The world wouldn't look at her as strong. In terms of this world's goods, she may not be considered to have a whole lot. But I tell you what, she was rejoicing in this past uh, watch night service that her grandsons were trying to walk with the Lord. 
and that God had been so good to her all these years. You see, it's faith in Christ, really, that makes us really strong. Anything else can just be a front of strength, but not legitimate strength. Peter was quick to preach Christ at this point. These people were amazed. They, they knew this lame man as we get into the account here of Acts chapter 3. They, they knew this uh, lame man. They knew that for many years people had brought him daily, as it says, that they brought him daily to, to be there at the gate of the temple, the beautiful gate, the gate that uh, where he would earn, in many ways, his living, not asking for alms, asking people to donate some money that he might make it another day. As he was there on that day, it seemed like it was just any other day. He was at his place like he always had been. But that day, something different happened that, that um, maybe he never anticipated. As he was laying there, he asked for alms, just like he had how many times that day. There's no telling. But that day, a Baptist preacher looked at him and said, I don't have any money. Typical, Right? Baptist preacher, I don't have any money, silver and gold, have I none? But such as I have, give I thee. You see, although Peter and John did not have what that man asked for, they had what he really needed. You know, we can kind of get mixed up on what we think we really need, can't we? We can think we need money and think you need food, and we, we do. We need all those things. Think you need a job, think you need a break, think you need a spouse if you're single. If you're married, you ought to believe that for sure. <laughs> you can think you need a lot of things. If I had this, this would complete my life. If I had that and all those things. But, but look, the truth is we get really mixed up on what we really need. But God knows exactly what we really need. And that's why Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And the Bible says that he leaped to his feet and then he stood. I've determined that I'm not going to re-demonstrate this, okay? So I <laughs> didn't go exactly like I'd planned the last time. The man stood and, and, and then he took a step for the first time. But, but walking was, as as F.F. Uh, F. Bruce said, walking was way too humdrum. He had to go to leaping and twirling about in the air and... And, well, look, if you had never walked in your life, I'm sure you'd try out your legs, too. And that's what this man did. And he went, for the, maybe for the very first time, he was able to go past that gate because, because of his crippled condition, he was not able to enter in. But, but that day, on that special day, it changed his entire life, and he was able to go into the temple, and he went into that sanctuary area, praising God and rejoicing, and I'm telling you, his volume drew some attention. But again, if you've never walked before, and now you're trying out your new legs, then don't you know that you would not be quiet about it? And he just couldn't be quiet about it. And, and then the Bible likes how it says that, that the, he held on to Peter and John. I don't know exactly what that looked, looked like, but he just, he couldn't get away from them. He was so thankful for what, 
What God had done, and I believe when God does a work in your life that, and somebody's been used in your life to make a difference in your life, you're pretty close to that person. And you really thank God for them. And so he's hanging on to them. Well, that drew quite a crowd. Because all the people there, they knew that this was not some kind of a phony trick that you'd see on TBN. This was the real deal that this, this man, he was not able to walk, but now he is walking and leaping and praising God. We've got to find out something more about this. So they all came around to find out what was going on. And, and Peter saw the occasion to preach. That's the way we ought to live our lives, by the way. People see a difference. Peter was quick to point out, no, wait a minute. Don't think that this was us. Don't look at us and think it was anything of our power that we were able to do. It was in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that this man was able to walk. This changed this man's life. There was more that was going on here than than simply, though this is significant, there was more that was going on here than just the healing of a lame man. This, this would spark something that would, that would spread even there in Jerusalem and that God would use in a mighty way. You see, the healing of this lame man was in a group of other miracles that would take place according to Isaiah 35. And you can check this out later, but Isaiah 35 makes it clear that when Messiah comes, the lame would leap like the harp would leap like a deer. The deaf would hear. The mute would speak. That's what would happen when Messiah comes. If, if there were people there in that area that were Jewish, they would know their Bible. They would know the scriptures. They would know that, that when these things begin to happen and you see it taking place, then it points to the Messiah. Think about this. When, when Jesus was was questioned by the disciples of John the Baptist. And they said, Art thou he that should come, or should we look for another? Remember that, how that the disciples of John asked that? What did Jesus reply? The lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear. He, in other words, he's pointing back to Isaiah 35 and saying, When you see these things taking place, it's pointing to this fact, Messiah is in your presence. So when this lame man is healed, it's more than just just simply his healing. It is pointing to this great truth. The one who's able to do not just physical healing, but is able to do spiritual healing has come. Messiah has come. And so that's why Peter takes the opportunity to say that Jesus is the Christ. And that healing would have pointed to that. In fact, the fact that that Peter and the apostles were seeing these miracles would indicate that the work that Jesus started is continuing through the life of his disciples. And thus his power is not limited. And the reason that man is twirling about and rejoicing and and leaping for joy and the, the reason that he is perfectly whole is because Jesus is still alive. That's the point to be made here, that Jesus is still alive. And so that's why Peter began his sermon in, in speaking to them and say, don't, don't look at us as though some, 
something we've done has made this man to walk, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. As he begins there in verse 13, we're just going to very briefly run through some of these verses to, to show how that Peter preaches. And he says that God has been at work here. What's taking place here has, watch this, far-reaching ramifications both ways. The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob had an eternal plan and he worked out his plan through those men and he brought his son Jesus who you delivered up. Whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate. He's talking about those recent events that took place just a little bit over 40 days, uh, just a little bit over 50 days ago. But you denied the Holy One, the just, and desired a murderer. That's talking about Barabbas, how they wanted Barabbas rather than Jesus. He was crucified. You killed the Prince of Life. What is, what is all that? You know what that is? That's conviction of sin. You see, for a person to be saved, there must first be that conviction of sin. And so this is all pointing out their sin and their, their crime even against their own Messiah. You killed the Prince of Life. But I like the good news of verse number 15, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. He is still alive. Yep. And then verse 16, I believe, is the very central part of this text. And, and even the way that it's written is drawing attention to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom you see and know, Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Peter says this. You know how this man is able to do this? It wasn't in our name, but it was in the name that's above every name. The name that still has power. The, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this man, though his faith may have been very small, he put faith in that name. And the faith that he put in that name has made this man to be able to stand and walk where he had not been able to stand and walk. Faith in Christ made this man strong. And then he goes on and he says, I know that you didn't understand even what you were doing in verse number 17. And those things that God showed by the mouth of all his prophets. And then he begins that section and even mentions later on about Moses and the other prophets. And the fact that all these prophecies have been fulfilled in one person is astronomical. In fact, uh, one man named Peter Stoner did this, um, this uh, research and said the probability, this, the, the scientific probability that just eight, he took eight prophecies that pertain to Jesus as being the Christ. And he said the likelihood that any man might have fulfilled all eight was one in 100 quadrillion. Now, I can't wrap my mind around how big that number is. So he gave this illustration. And he said this, if I took uh, the state of Texas and I filled the state of Texas two foot deep with silver dollars. Can you picture that? Two foot deep with silver dollars. And I marked one of those silver dollars and I blindfolded a man. And I told him, I want you to go throughout all the state of Texas and find that one silver dollar that I've marked, that would be one in, in, in 100 quadrillion chances that he'd find that one. Some of you'd say, I think I could do it. <laughs> I couldn't do it with my eyes open. That'd take a long time, wouldn't it? The fact that all these prophecies have been fulfilled, and that was just eight of them. 
that all these prophecies have been fulfilled in one person shows that this was indeed the Christ, God's promised one. And so since Jesus is the resurrected Christ, they had only one plan of salvation, and that was to repent. And that's why Peter says, repent ye therefore, in verse number 19, repent ye therefore. Hey, listen, repentance is still needing to be preached when we preach about salvation. There must be the conviction of sin. People must place faith in Jesus Christ, but they must repent of their sin. They must turn from the ways that they had been thinking about themselves and their own sufficiency and and even about God and about Jesus. They must repent and turn to Jesus Christ. We are to preach to this very day repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's what Peter preached that day. He said, repent ye therefore. This is your only hope. This is the only way that you can be saved. You see how this man has been made whole? You see how this man's life is now strong? The only way spiritually that you can be made whole and that your life can be strong is if you turn to God. Repent ye therefore. He says that your sins, boy, like this. I'm sorry. Repent ye therefore and be converted. That your sins may be blotted out. Blotted out. I looked that up. It means this. A record of misdeeds removed. Eliminated. It means this. To cause someone, I'm sorry, to cause something to cease by obliterating. To wipe out. To obliterate any evidence. Here's what Peter is saying. God knows that you have sinned. But he sent his son to die in your place and he rose again from the dead that you might repent, place faith in him, and thus your record would be obliterated, done away, blotted out, nothing standing against you. In fact, he goes on and talks about how that Jesus would come again and in the meantime there would be times of refreshing that would come from the Lord. Until it says in verse number 21, whom heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things. I'm telling you, God is still working out his plan of of sending uh, sending the Messiah, not for the first time, but for the second time to establish the kingdom. But until then, you and I are in a place where we're being refreshed by what God has done in our life. And our faith in Jesus Christ has saved us, but not just has it, not only has it saved us, but it's made us to the place where we are strong for life. Because of faith in Jesus Christ. And Peter says, all the prophets, Moses, he prophesied about this in verse 22 and verse 23. And then he says, all the prophets from Samuel throughout their history, all the other prophets have prophesied of Jesus coming and prophesied of these days. And then Peter says this, God gave you as the Jews the privilege to hear the gospel first. How sad, how sad that they've rejected it. But thank God that he came to them and gave them his word and the gospel still being preached among the Jews. What we're going to see as we get into chapter 4 that when Peter finished his sermon and, and such, the religious leaders, they laid hands on them and that began the very first instance of persecution. Did that stop the gospel? No, it just kept spreading. So Peter was quick to preach Christ when the people, they were all amazed at the healing of this lame man. Why was, why was he quick to preach Christ? Here's what Peter understood that we need to understand tonight. Peter was quick to preach Christ because it's only in Christ that we're made strong. 
And that faith in Jesus Christ makes us strong. So, let's think about it this way. Since faith in Christ makes us strong, all the glory ought to go to Christ, not to us. If, if faith in Christ makes us strong, that means this. Apart from Jesus Christ, we are all weak. We are not we are not strong people who have just weak moments. We are people who are characteristically weak, who can only find strength in who the Lord is. And so all the glory ought to go to Christ. You know, somebody might look at your life and say, you know what, there's something different about them. I know them. The, the way they're living now is not how they used to live. You know what you ought to do? Very, be very quick to say, you know the reason why my life is strong now and my life is not up and down and why I'm not headed for hell and why my life is not a mess is because the Lord Jesus Christ on a very special day in my life made an eternal difference in my life. And I just want to praise him. And I just want to thank him. I tell you, that ought to, that'll make a difference in the way that you walk. And it'll make a difference in the way that you talk. And it might even lead to leaping and praising him. Yep. Since faith in Christ makes us strong, preachers have no reason to boast in ministry. Well, there's a lot of people who have been, their lives have been changed there. Yeah, we've got some pretty creative programs. Got some pretty good teachers, got some, got this dynamic choir, got this and that. No, wait a minute. It is Christ that makes us strong. That's why the choir sang this morning. We preach Christ. And what we're saying when we stand to preach or teach or sing or, or shake a hand and welcome a guest and, and try to help people to come into the church, what we're saying to them when we knock on their door is simply this. We believe that the Lord Jesus Christ can make your life strong. Where your life has been weak, where you've been defeated, we, we have faith in who he is to change who you are. So there's really no room for preachers boasting. How about this one? Since faith in Christ makes us strong, people need to hear of Christ. We need to, they need to hear of Christ. Brother uh, Terry Unruh just um, shared a letter, sent out a letter. If you remember this, they were praying for a 3.5, I believe, 3.5 million miracle, trying to blanket Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka with uh, tracks. And I'm glad to tell you that they, in the course of the last uh, six months or however long it was, they passed out through the ministry of the church, the church there and other people that came in. They were able to pass out. And some of it is, is literally uh, having been there and seen it firsthand. When I first heard about this, if you remember when he shared this here at the church, how that they have uh, basically drive-by witnessing, you know, is the uh, best way I can think about uh, saying it, how they take a handful of tracks and that are wrapped around these pins because uh, just a simple pin is, is quite a um, uh, luxury to have there in Sri Lanka. It doesn't mean a whole lot to us, but they're glad to get the pins, and that's why they use that, and they, they throw what I'd call track bombs out the window. And it's different in my mind when I first heard that. I thought, you know, you could get arrested here, at least a ticket for littering. But the way things are there in Sri Lanka, I mean, it would just be like, this would be like a, in many villages what a Sri Lankan street would look like. People in the streets, just like this. I don't, I don't think I'm exaggerating as we drove by and we'd honk and get people's attention a little bit and... and um, 
Leland, uh, little Leland was with us. Man, he really got into track distribution on that day. And Brother Derek Pemberton, Miss Jamie's uh, little boy at the age, I guess, about four or so. He was just shooting missiles out the window. It was great, you know. But the amazing thing is you see kids and adults alike running to pick up these tracks and immediately begin running them, reading them. And they, they drove through the, uh, the streets of Sri Lanka and, and some areas that are in many ways very dangerous, but they were basically doing this planting seed, literally, sowing the seed just as quick as... And sometimes if you're stopped at the light, you, people would come up and you're handing them out. I mean, that's foreign to us. I don't know. Maybe we ought to try that. But what they're doing there is when they throw those tracks to those folks or they hand it to them personally. And when we went out, uh, well, we went door knocking with them, but we also went just there at the streets. And as people would stop in their cars and in the buses, we were handing out as many of them as we could. You know, every time we handed out a track there, as well as when you knock on a door, and I'm not recommending throwing tracks out on the street, don't start doing that. But every time that you hand out a track to somebody, you know what you're saying to that person and what they're saying there in Sri Lanka? There's only one way. There's only one way for your life to be made strong. And there's only one way for you to be able to walk and to please God. And the only one way is through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know why we're having a national church planting conference here this week? So that uh, Mark Armstrong and different ones could go to Paducah, Kentucky. And a Mike Newberger could go to, to New York City. And, and while others, uh, John Vaught could go to Arizona. And while these men are coming in here and others like them will come in here and, and, and even raise support and raise money for projects. It's because of this, whether it's in Phoenix, Arizona, or in, in, uh, in Bangladesh, or any other country around the world, there's only one way for people's lives to be made strong, and that's through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if you're here as a student, can I just say a word to you as you've returned and you're here now? The reason you're here is because Christ has made your life strong. And what you're here to do is you are here to learn even from this church family. And there's a lot of other people who you're going to rub shoulders with in the bus ministry and working out in children's church and working in nurseries as the ladies have occasion to do that. You're going to be rubbing shoulders with people whose lives have been made strong by the person of Jesus Christ. And what you're here to do is to learn what it means to have a walk with the Lord Jesus Christ so you can go out and have a fellowship with him and and have preaching take place to preach his name because it's through his name and faith in his name that people's lives are going to be made strong. And may I say to uh, those that are families and, and moms and dads here, hey, listen, if our lives are made strong through faith in Christ, then what you need to do in your home is to make Christ the very center of your home. And where Christ is not the very center, evidently there's some weakness there. But if Christ is the very center of your life, uh, dad and, and, and mom and family, as Christ is the very center, then that family's strong. And there's individuals here who maybe their family would not support something like that. I'm telling you, in Christ and faith in his name can make your life strong, even if your family's not supportive or not. Faith in his name. Faith in who Jesus is. Makes a person strong. Therefore, that's why we're here tonight because we believe that. We are here tonight to give testimony to that, to that, to praise Him, to thank Him for that, and to ask God for more opportunities, just like what Peter had, to stand and say, faith in His name. 
faith in his name. By faith in his name, that's what will make your life strong, young people. Faith in his name, that's what will make your family strong. Faith in his name, that's what will make your life as you get into the elderly years and you're taking care of a wife that has a, a, a disease that is debilitating and has changed the course and the, and, the, and the complexion of your life. It's still faith in Christ that makes you strong even though your body may be weak. Faith in Christ. It's Christ. It's about him. I want to know him more. I want us as a church to know him more, to love him more, to exalt him more, to praise him more, to walk with him more. He's so wonderful. Silver and gold, have I none? Well, we've got some. Not a whole lot. But if you have the Lord Jesus Christ, you've got all that you need. Do you have the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you're here tonight and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm glad to tell you, That when we were weak, when we were ungodly, Christ died for us. You could never save yourself. That's why he came and died in your place and was buried, but thank God rose again. And you're here tonight and you need to be saved. We invite you to come. We're going to have an invitation where you could come and ask the Lord to be your Savior. Someone would take a Bible and show you from the Bible how that you could be saved. If there's someone here tonight that is a believer, you've been saved, but you're at a time of weakness in your life. It may be a personal weakness, given into temptation or in the midst of a trial, just a personal weakness. Where do you find strength for that? Well, your strength is in the Lord Jesus Christ. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And so your greatest need is to be in communion and in fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If your marriage is weak or shaky, then I'm telling you what you need is just, is just exactly what every marriage needs, just the Lord Jesus Christ to be the very center of your marriage and of your home. That's what makes a life strong. And the others might look at you and say, you know, you're different now. People at work, they might say, you know, it's like you read the Bible and stuff. What's that all about? Christ makes me strong. And your life becomes a living testimony. And then your words can show them the same way. Let's stand together tonight with every head bowed and eye closed. And we certainly invite those that are not saved to come and place faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And those who are saved but need daily strength. It's strength our strength is come, comes in Christ. And our faith in Christ makes us strong. Father in heaven, I come to you. And I pray that you'd help us, dear God. We have such a precious message in the gospel. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be eager, just like Peter was, eager to preach Christ as the only solution to man's problems. I pray for some tonight that maybe do not know the Lord, that they would come to be saved. I pray for those that are saved, Lord, that they might come to fellowship with you, to draw closer to you, that you might work in their life, dear God, facing a trial, facing a battle in their life. And they certainly need strength. It's not going to come by their own wisdom or efforts. But God, if they would just simply trust who you are and what you've done, I pray that you would show them the way to true strength and power. Thank you for the testimonies of others who have walked with you and drawn strength from you. And I pray that you'd help us all to give testimony to your sufficiency. In Jesus' name, amen.